Hey folks, quick story for you. Have you heard about Imagine Golf? If you haven't, I would encourage you to go into the App Store, search Imagine Golf, and join the over 200,000 golfers around the world who have made this a part of their daily ritual to improve their golf game. A few months ago, I was introduced to a gentleman named Malcolm Scoville. He's the visionary behind the app. Malcolm has worked with other great uh, meditation-based apps like Calm, and he's bringing that expertise into the world of golf, which is something he's very passionate about. Malcolm and I connected. I've loved hearing his story. And the coolest thing to me about this mission that he's on is that he every day wakes up thinking, how can I help change the outcomes for people, both in golf and in their lives, through an improved mental game? It's a really cool app. They do these really fantastic three-minute daily drive lessons that you can just you know listen to when you're either on your way to work or nowadays just maybe taking the dog for a walk who knows or how about when you're out on the putting green or the driving range it's available to you at any time it's uh, free to download seven day no commitment trial uh, you can still listen to it even if you don't do the paid subscription. Although, I would tell you, go in and unlock that door. You will not regret it. Malcolm and his team have done just an excellent job of curating uh, the kinds of things that you need to be hearing to improve your mental game on a daily basis. I do it. I love it. You know me. I like to get into the spiritual side of golf, as does Malcolm, and as do all of those who are contributing to the app. I think you're really going to like it, folks. Go and check out Imagine Golf. And as my friend Malcolm likes to say, keep imagining what's possible. Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. So glad to have you with me uh, for another uh, listening experience here. I've got a wonderful guest for you today. He's my Good friend and colleague Tom Coyne. Uh, uh, hopefully, you are well aware of who Tom is. Uh, if you're a reader of golf stories, uh, his are probably going to be uh, some that have populated your bookshelf and entertained you, uh, and and made you think differently about how you travel and experience the game. Uh, Tom's one of the best writers uh, in our sport today, uh, and he's got a new book that is. Uh, about to drop here in only a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, his newest volume, A Course Called America, debuts on May the 25th. And I, for one, uh, along with many of you, I'm sure, cannot wait to dive in uh, and see what those stories are all about. All of his books uh, are serious page turners for those who love the game. Uh, and I know that this one will uh, fit right into uh, that category once again. Tom has just been a, a wonderful you know, friend and mentor for me, someone who's helped me on my own personal uh, golf writing journey. Uh, he was kind enough to actually write the foreword for my first book, The Nine Virtues of Golf. Uh, and he was uh, great enough to make some time for me uh, to have a little conversation about his new book, uh, some changes that are happening in his career. He's um, uh, actually now been announced as the senior editor at the Golfer's Journal, one of my favorite publications, as uh, many of you know. Uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to working with him in that new capacity as well. I, I've, I have yet to have him ever edit one of my works, but uh, I think with a few of the things we've got brewing over there right now, that will probably be coming soon. Um, he has been a professor at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia for some time now, uh, and we'll be making a little bit of a shift in that uh, with this new role with the journal. And uh, I'm hoping that he's going to give me a good grade on some of these things that I've got coming uh, soon for the Golfer's Journal. But again, Tom, he's a family man. He's a, 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 a really a, a person who's not afraid to tell his personal stories uh, while telling these tales about uh, the game of golf. Uh, and I think that's what makes him such a successful writer. He specializes in uh, a genre we uh, like to call creative nonfiction, uh, which is near and dear to my heart. And I think uh, you're really going to enjoy this conversation where we dive into a little bit of all those things and much, much more. Uh, again, if you're not following Tom, if you're not reading his books, uh, you should probably crawl out of that uh, rock and, and go purchase those immediately and start uh, uh, diving into the world that he has uh, created through those pages 
he really is a brilliant writer uh, and a good friend and someone that uh, I, I really admire a lot. And when I'm trying to figure out how to shape my own writing career, I, I like to look to Tom as, as a pretty good example. So we're welcoming Tom to the show. I'm really looking forward to his new book, A Course Called America, coming out soon. We dive into all of those things uh, during the show. And thanks again to you for listening. Uh, just really enjoying the feedback and notes that I get from those of you who are tuning in each week. Uh, as I like to say, this is a, a bit of a low-rent production, uh, but with some really high-quality listeners uh, and friends across the country and world uh, who who continue to connect with me. And uh, for some reason, we're all you know, somewhat obsessed with this game and what it does for us in our lives. And I just love having these conversations and discussions with people who feel the same way. So without further ado, here's my friend, Tom Coyne. Tom. Jay, is that Jay there? It sure is. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? How are you doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, doing a little juggling, trying to keep, uh, you know, a few clients happy, trying to produce a few beautiful words for our favorite glossy golf publication, uh, amongst other things. You're a fine juggler. uh, (laughs) I I do admire your, how uh, you have many toes. And you, you have them in, in different, you dip them in different places, which I think is yeah. an inspiration to us all. Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it has its moments, um, you know, uh, particularly at home. Uh, I just, uh, I won't give away all the secrets, but I just got off the road from three days of uh, embedding for uh, a golfer's journal story that I'm very excited about. And, um, I'm sure you'll get a, a look at that draft soon once I, once I get it formulated, but, um, Good. you know, it's great. Uh, but like I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of sacrifices that happen all around to make those dreams come true. So, uh, it's, uh, it's always an adventure. Yeah. It's a balancing act, man, you know? And, uh, I know that, I know that, I know that well, and yeah, man, sometimes you do better than others and I'm trying to get better at it. I mean, the, uh, 2019 was pretty insane. I'm sure we'll get into that and, and the book and all that travel, but my kids are getting too old for that nonsense anymore. I've got to, uh, I've got to try and spend, you know, touch, t- touch base more often than I have in the past for sure. It's tough. Yeah, well, you know, um, if you're a, a, a junkie for golfing adventures, uh, particularly the the breed that you've chased down in in recent years, it, it I can imagine uh, is very difficult. I'm I'm gone for three days every now and then, and you know I feel the stresses that come with that. I'm sure you know taking uh, long jaunts across entire nations uh, <laughs> multiplies that a touch. It certainly does. It does. Um, you know, it was easier like doing, you know, it's, it's been interesting, you know, doing paper tiger, which was like a year and a half, but I wasn't married. So I was a single dude, um, doing being selfish and single. And then I'm married in a course called Ireland. That's four months, but, uh, no kids. So, you know, we're just fun and, um, you know, fun married couple doing exciting stuff. And then um, the kids are pretty young when I'm away in Scotland, and that's only two months. Uh, and then America was tougher. They're, you know, they're at that point, they're six and 10 years old. And um, I mean, the good thing in that, in the, in the course called America is they were able to join me for more of it than other projects because uh, it's America. Um, and we live in America. So, you know, they came out with me on the road a couple times and I was getting home much more frequently. Um, I was making sure, I mean, I did, I remember in the beginning I did like a long leg from like in Connecticut and long Island. And I was away for like over three weeks and I'm like, I can't, I gotta, I can't miss two consecutive, more than two consecutive weekends. 
because yeah. the weeks are like whatever like you know my wife works the kids are in camp you're it, it's it's routine mm-hmm. you know but the weekends with kids is like I'm, I'm i'm missing stuff at that point and so i made sure to to get home on it for you know for the weekend especially when i could so are the girls at an age where um they're reading any of your stuff yet you know it's kind of cool like thank god no because i have a tendency <laughs> to um i don't want them to to, to adopt my vocabulary yet <laughs> my color uh, vocabulary yeah um but they're at the age where they realize they're aware of what i do which is um they haven't really been with other projects so so that's cool like the books arrived from the publisher like monday i guess or um and and it, they were excited you know that so that's a first like you know, my seven-year-old wanted to um, bring the book to school to show her friends. And that's that felt awesome. You know, uh, that, that was kind of a, a first. Um, so the kids are actually, they're kind of into it. Um, I think they're uh, excited about, like, we're having a big book launch party. And they're excited to go to that and, you know, and see are there famous people coming. And, you know, it's like, well, if you're on golf Twitter, girls, they're, they're famous. <laughs> um the uh so yeah they're having more fun with it which is awesome for me like that's that's just like yeah that's you know to be the cool dad is like everybody's dream and i've never been the cool dad because i'm just the dad who goes away and golfs right that's not terribly cool but um i think they're kind of into it this time which is awesome do you think um yeah, one day when they're older, um, they'll be able to glean a few things about uh, the man you are from reading these books. Yeah, I think so. I think you know um, they'll get. There's a lot of them in the Scotland book when they're they can come to visit in St Andrews, and they're one's a toddler and one's just sort of running around um, on the beaches in St Andrews and. I think that'll be cool for them to look back on that experience um, and their pictures are in that book as young girls on the Swilkin bridge. And so that'll be kind of cool. And, and they'll get to see my adventure and how I've changed as a person from paper tiger through, um, you know, in my twenties to thirties, um, my journey as a, as a person, as a man, as a, um, getting sober along the way. Um, I'm glad they'll be able to see that. Um, I'm not, you know, there's some of the things in the books that I wouldn't be like crazy proud of uh-huh. that they'll, um, that they'll see, but that's good. You know, um, I, I don't want my kids to ever be under the illusion or, uh, you know, that I'm perfect, you know, so they'll get to see some of the warts, but, um, hopefully get to see, you know, someone coming out on the other side. So yeah, yeah, it'll be, uh, I guess that's kind of cool that they'll, you know, I don't think about it too much, but they'll have some sort of record of, uh, of dad's adventure. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. So, you know, I, I've read, um, most of your, works i have not read the new book yet i'm eagerly anticipating its arrival um you pre-ordered it though i know well you know i'm listen i'm trying to help you pay the bills brother so uh, and from you know writer to writer i know how the system works um you're dialed in from uh you know there's a copy somewhere with a a stamp for uh the the revel home that's just you know waiting to jump out the door so um good i i i i thoroughly enjoyed you know a course called scotland and i think you know that book you know you talk a lot about where you were in your you know personal journey i thought you did that in a very beautiful way um so i guess the question would be what's what's different with uh this latest installment where where are you at on your your personal journey when uh when this book begins yeah thanks man um well uh i'm in a pretty good place I think with this book, I mean, this book is 
you know, it's called the search for the great American golf course. Um, I think the Scotland journey was a real personal one. Um, finding kind of who I was with a lot after a lot of changes in my life and proving to myself that I could do something like that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of searching, you know, um, and personal stuff that I'm searching for. And, uh, I think that what I'm looking for in the America book is, um, not that it's not as personal, but I think there are sort of bigger ideas that are perhaps even, um, relatable to, uh, anyone in America, because I'm, I, you know, it's a search for the great American golf course, which is basically saying, all right, well, what's a great golf course, which is the question for the golf nerds among us. But, you know, what is an American golf course? What is America in 2019? And that, that's a mm-hmm. question. Um, I think that's really the question at the heart of the heart of the book. Um, you know, where are we as a country? Um, where are we as people? Well, you know, what is America actually, you know, what does it mean right now? So, those were those are and those are big unwieldy questions. The book never gets political, um, which I'm I'm really was very deliberate about and, and I'm pleased with. Um, but it does get into like you know our identity and and what we sort of stand for and and how I find it in different ways in different places. Uh, Going to all fifty states, you know. So I'm I'm looking for. Um, so questions in the book are probably less about my personal journey than they have been in some of the past stories. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the journey of us, right? I think this is much more of an us book, yeah. Um, which is probably, you know, why it's likely my favorite. Um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot more characters in this story. That's a longer book. Um, I meet so many people along the way, thanks to sort of social media and, you know, my profile is probably a little higher doing this book than other ones in the past. So it was easy to catch up with people and meet new people. And, you know, I'd show up at a golf course and there'd be a dozen people to hang out with and get to know. And that was just amazing. Right. So, um, and they brought so much to the story. So, I mean, it's great. Like when you open the middle of the book, there's a, there's two pages that are just selfies. Uh, there's there's images in this and there's a a photo insert in the book like the other one and this one's all just selfies of people i met and there's just like i don't know it's like 100 people hundreds of people i don't even i don't count them up but um i i hope they don't mind being in the book well they they posted the picture (laughs) so they don't really have a choice they knew what they were in for so um but you know that to me is the spirit of this story like it's it's about these people like that i met all over the place from all 50 states, uh, all walks of life and, um, and how golf brings us together. So, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's a, a book about relationships with other people, my ability to have relationships with good friends, um, with strangers, you know, that, that, I guess that personally would be the sort of next step for, for me. And, um, and that's uh, and there's a lot of that in this story. It's definitely about the friendships um, that that I uh, sort of cultivate along the way. What were some of the more obscure stops? And I, I know you know part of the sort of hook is you know playing all the golf courses with which the U.S. Open has been contested on mm-hmm. uh, over 121 uh, renditions. Um, what are some of the other you know, less heralded places that uh, stand out in your mind? Man, there's so many. Like the, uh, you know, it was three, about, it was 300 rounds total. Well, wow. So, yeah. So um, when you think about that, I mean, yeah. So played all the open venues because I wanted to sort of have tent poles along in the trip and um. I wanted to basically, if I, I played all the open courses, I'd, I'd sort of would have played the history of golf, you know, in, yeah. in America to some extent. Um, and it was just a, like a cool thing I wanted to do. And so they had a lot to the story, but, you know, I think it's a hell of a lot more interesting to hear about playing rather, you know, yeah, playing Pebble Beach is awesome. And I, and I write about that experience. But people have seen Pebble Beach, they're aware of Pebble Beach, and they can go play Pebble Beach. Um, and they probably will. But, you know, will they go t- into the Navajo Nation to play 
um, wagon trail to Lonesome Pine, which is a nine hole um, golf course on the reservation and built by hand and uh, can totally free. You know, um, all you have to do is observe the rules when you get there. Um, very challenging to find. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be a lot of road signs. Um, but did find it. And, you know, I mean, those experiences are just, to me, I mean, they're, they're, they're the kind of things that make the story. Playing um, sand greens golf in Missouri or, um, you know, reversible routings in Oregon um, and the Loop of Michigan and um, a lot of great nine-hole golf courses, going up to the, the Canadian border and playing golf across the border, uh, going down to Texas and, and launching a ball across the Rio Grande into Mexico, you know, like stuff like that. Um, and th- that's not happening at places that people might know about or would travel to. Um, you know, that's, you know, as a writer, that's where the, the best stuff is mm-hmm. you know, off, off the beaten path. And I tried to get out there as much as I could. Um, and get off the beaten path and you know alaska at the summer solstice and playing on an, the northernmost golf course i could find uh in america being you know up in fairbanks and going up there and playing through the night and uh and that's it that to me is uh is just a, such a great memory um not and it has nothing to do with the fact that there's nothing to do with architecture or the golf course I played or how the course would be rated or ranked or any of, uh, it has to do with the people, you know, mm-hmm. who, who came and met me and said, yeah, let's tee off at midnight. Let's go. You know? So that's, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> how much you were talking about kind of maybe having a higher profile this go around. How much of these stops, um, were maybe we call user or reader generated compared to some of the other books. So many, right? So the other books, the trajectory was like, okay, Ireland, I want to play relinks. And that was, you know, 50, some 50 to 60 courses. Um, the Scotland book was to play the Rota plus, And then I said, oh, I want to play all the links of Scotland. So, I mean, that presents itself those itineraries and arranging those itineraries was just like easy peasy compared to trying to figure out how to golf America. You know, it's just, you know, in terms like what direction do you even go or how do you start? And the planning of this um, was a full year and it was the most challenging by, by a a wide margin um, for any number of reasons. I mean, just, it's just a big unwieldy, kind of idea to go try and play a golf play a country as a golf course a course called america which made sense in these these island (laughs) nations of of scotland and ireland but (laughs) um it was much tougher to figure out in america so i did lean a lot on readers and friends to make recommendations on golf courses that they felt were special or representative of a, a particular state or place um or you know in an American golf book where they, they really belong. Um, and it was great to get so many recommendations. I, the problem was I got way too many. I mean, I, <laughs> I think, I think I got, I threw it out on social media and got like 800 emails back and, you know, broke that down into a spreadsheet and a list and, you know, started to cross stuff, you know, with circle stuff that I know I have to go here, but okay. I'm gonna, I think I can cross this one off, but you know, my personality is to try and like, more and more and more like I'm, I'm trying to fit what if i got an email and someone said you have to play here i was like okay yeah great all right i have to play there and i put it on the list and so it was very hard to make the list smaller um I'm much better making it bigger and uh the it, it got kind of out of control i finally you know got to the point where just the schedule just forced me to say all right these are the months that, that i have to play with and um and trying to fit in so i mean my my i'd have like three screens going here at my desk and one was like a map one's a spreadsheet one's a calendar and i'm trying to do this this jigsaw puzzle you know of of getting Mm -hmm. and doing it in like all these different chunks you know all right i'm going to break up america into 10 trips 
uh, the Northwest, um, South, uh, New England, etc., and then try to like weave a path through, um, you know, through each. And then, you know, once you finish that, then you got to go make the tea times. Um, and it was so much more complicated than Scotland and Ireland because every course in Scotland and Ireland has visitor tea times, even though whether they they're private or membership, you know, whatever that concept of private, purely private golf doesn't really exist over there. So, um, you know, then I had to find my way onto the courses. And then mm-hmm. I had to hope they like didn't have a member guest on, or, or like that they'd or that they'd aerated or something. You know, there were so many obstacles. There was any number of times where I was like, "Forget it, I'm not doing this. I'll just do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna golf Long Island, and that'll be enough." And uh, and it kind of would be. It's there's so much there, but um, it uh, yeah, it 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 came together. I mean, this was the first of the books too, where I went out and the itinerary wasn't all set. Like I just would have like a chunk and I'd say, all right, I'm going to go do the chunk and then start working on, and I'd be working on the next chunk while I'm on the road. You know, um, mm-hmm. there was just, I just had to do it that way. So, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a challenge, but Hey, it beats digging ditches. Don't anyone cry for me. <laughs> Don't shed any tears. Uh, that I, I went and golfed for eight months. Um, you know, but you got to make it challenging or there's no, there's no story. Yeah. Well, you know, d- does a process like that, you know, does it turn into a little bit of groundhog day? Um, you know, when you're out there ever, I mean, do you, do you get to the point where you're like, Oh my God, it's just another field of grass. Uh, yeah. All the time. But you know, what's, what's cool about that is in every round though, there's a moment I would, I'd say probably in every round or there's a moment or two, something that stands out is interesting or unique or worthwhile. Or once, once in a while, like a round really just jumps out as like, that was amazing. And if something mm-hmm. after playing that much golf, if something identifies itself as special, it's really special Yeah, because you know, yeah, the stuff starts to run together, but you know, that I can still recall this hole at White Bear Yacht Club, or I can recall this hole um, at Red Hawk or, you know, um, Rustic Valley or whatever, that I can still see things very vividly that speaks to, I mean, those are the things that end up in the book, you know, because they stood out from the sort of the green blur, if you will. Um but, you know, in taking, I took a ton of notes. I would, it was a kind of, a, this trip, I had more, way more raw material than any of the other journal, uh, journeys because Ireland and Scotland, I did a lot of journaling at night and note-taking at night. Um, but with so much time on the road, this this is like a very much a, sort of a driving story. Hmm. Um, with so much time in the car, I was dictating to myself constantly stuff that happened stuff that i was noticing so and which was awesome because because then you just download it get it trans you know get get it transcribed and boom um it would land in you know in my laptop and i'd have all these words and um depending on how well i it was transcribed some of the words made more sense than others um sometimes i'd read my notes and be like what the you know (laughs) cheese (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the cheese on the golf course what the hell does this mean you know it's on a really so, really lonely stretch of highway there <laughs> yeah where you're like whoa man what was i talking about um or the transcription is a little bit off you know and you're like what? Oh, man. but um anyway the, yeah i'd uh, be i'd be a little terrified of some of my inner monologues getting recorded even for my own consumption gosh that's no i know i know there's some weird stuff in, in the <laughs> journal but it's like 500 pages long you know so oh, i'm like man. well i got enough material you know um let's let's find the book now um so it was that was pretty handy um and uh yeah i collected a lot a lot of stuff so what's what's day one of the writing slash editing process like you know on a project of that scale it's pretty scary. Like I, uh, you know, I sat down and read, I printed out the journal and I read it a couple times um, just to reacquaint myself with everything that happened. 
um, even though I know in my head what's going to make it into the book, because if it's stuck in my head, it's going to make it into the book. Like if, I, if it's still in my memory, it's going to be in the story. And um, so went through the journal a couple times and then just, I think with all these books, like I've said, all right, let's locate, let's locate a problem. Let's locate some sort of conflict and something that's like where I can get started, like as a storyteller, like what's the, what's the problem, right? So um, I think I started writing a scene about um, something in Nebraska that happened and it wasn't, it didn't end up being the, the beginning of the book. It, it's somewhere, it ends up landing somewhere in the middle of the book, but it got me going and it mm -hmm. got me writing a chapter and got me writing scenes. And once I was writing scenes, um, as opposed to summary, I'm in good shape, you know, because um, then I'm in the story and I'm walking around and I'm, uh, I'm observing and I'm, I'm telling story versus summarizing story. So that's, and that's where I need to get um, mm -hmm. in order to create chapters and moments and all that good stuff. So yeah, so I just I said, all right, well, I just I just need to start writing something, and and I I always start with a with some sort of problem, um, and uh, and then I was then I was uh, then I was cooking, you know. I just I'm, my approach is like I just have to write, you know. I got to write every day, and I've got to write. Yeah. Um, I've got to get stuff down, and and I, I'm gonna and it'll eventually start to fall into some sort of order and shape. Um, not necessarily chronologically, but maybe, uh, but I don't ever put it down. Like when people think like, wow, writing a book is, that's an intimidating sort of process or whatever, or, you know, um, I don't ever put that pressure on myself of like, oh, I'm writing page one now, you know, like that's sitting down with that pressure of like, this is the first line of the book. You know, that's, that's too, way <laughs> too much on my shoulder, like on my psyche. So I think if you sort of free yourself up, and it's like the same stuff I tell my students, like free yourself up to write crap. Um, I think the rule of like shitty first drafts is, is invaluable and real for, for writers. I, I've no one will ever, ever, ever see a first draft of anything I've ever done. Um, uh -huh. It's just never something I would share, you know, because it's su they suck. And um, if you give yourself that freedom, though, the, the, of course, the irony is that they suck less. <laughs> because you don't have that pressure and those voices telling you that you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, what is the first line of this book? I, 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 I asked that because I remember, you know, you came down here really about the start of your journey. You were in Tallahassee for yeah. our illustrious word of South festival. Um, was awesome. It was, it was really great. And you, you did a little reading from um, a course called Ireland and, yeah, it's got such an incredible opening line, you know, with, you know, the, the dog was going to be a problem. Um, yeah. So, so how do you, how do you step into this one? Let's see. I've got the book here. Uh, the soil was perfect for onions and for golf. <laughs> I love that. Well, I, I, and I know where, I know exactly where you're talking about. I bet you uh, do. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah the that's a great one. What I'm talking about. That's very cool. Um, yeah, you're talking about your your students and uh, you know the the process of teaching. I, I just wrapped my very first semester um, of teaching at Florida State. Um, nice one. You know, we're we're you know, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I I subjected them to only a you know, modicum of torture for you know 15 weeks, um, and um, I, I'm curious. I, I would. I would love, I'm, I'm, I'm always someone, I feel like, you know, the older I get, the more I want to go back to school again, you know, like, you know, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is, what is class like with, uh, Professor Coyne? Class with Professor Coyne is the time of your life, Jay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'd say it's pretty, I, I would have enjoyed having me as a professor, I think. Um, I, I generally try to keep it pretty fun. 
Um, I can be a little goofy. I think that what I'm, so I'm always teaching writing workshops and I'm trying to get students to try new things creatively, you know, um, to, you know, come to class and say, you know, I've never written a poem before and I want you to write, try writing a poem, you know, and I've never written a full, a complete story. And well, you know, I I want you to try it, you know? Um, So I, I suppose I'm, I can, I, I, I try to sort of take the tension out of the experience and take the, mm-hmm. um, take the pressure out of the, out of the room and let them feel sort of free to kind of figure stuff out and, and fail and getting back to that, what I just mentioned, you know, that the shitty first drafts or, or take the pressure off of like trying to write something perfect. Students are very grade oriented and even in creative writing classes, not that I wasn't grade oriented, but there is this sort of GPA fixation um, and I get it and it's, it's cool. Um, but I, you, you'd wish that students just sort of bounced into class and were like, I'm here to find my voice. Right. But honestly, like they're really here to get an A. Um, and if, so you've got to convince them like, all right, if you just, do all the shit that I'm going to ask you to do, you're going to get an A. <laughs> what I want you to do along the way, though, is be get curious, right? Ask questions, push it, get uncomfortable, you know, do, I asked them to try to, you know, do all that stuff. And um, because I want them to come and find their voice. I want them to get like excited about writing and I, w- I want them to write something that makes them feel like they can do it, you know? Um, so, uh my approach is i think i'm a pretty animated teacher um i'm pretty passionate about the work i don't like grading and i don't care about grades um i uh and and to me it's either like you know it's like hey you paid the money to come to college and um or someone's paying the money for you to come to college and you want to get something out of this class great if you want to sleepwalk through it it's your dime you know what i mean like you're not gonna you're not breaking my heart it's just it's kind of a bummer but um no and that's not to say that i mean hey if you're not showing up to class you're not doing the doing the work like i'll 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 drop a d on you like lickety split like that doesn't bother me either but um (laughs) you know I'm, i'm fine with that but um i think grades just sort of sometimes we're in a creative class get in the way of what you're actually trying to do um you know, it's sort of like when students come to you and are like, hey, can we talk about what my grade is? And it's like, well, why don't we talk about your last story? Yeah. Um, you know, let's 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 do that. And I, I don't like putting grades on creative work either. So so I guess I'm probably a frustrating professor in that regard, in that you never know where your grade stands until you get it at the end of the semester. Um, and you know what? That's because I never know where their grade stands until they turn in their, you know, their work at the end. And I see where, at, you know, where they've gone as writers so um uh i I, yeah maybe a little unconventional in that sense yeah no i love that um so you you've recently uh been uh announced i guess we would say uh yes with a, a a slightly larger role uh with our friends at the golfer's journal um so so take your professor filter and uh, tell me how that's going to uh, um, be implemented in your editing talents uh, with our favorite publication. Yeah, right. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, I am making a career change that I am going from. Um, uh, I guess I've announced this, but I don't know how many people know, but I'm and not that anyone listening cares. I'm just wondering <laughs> from people from St. Joe's that I am. Uh, leaving teaching to become the senior editor at the golfer journal. Um, I'll, I'll still teach classes here and there, but in terms of the full-time uh, teaching, um, I'm shifting gears there, um, which I'm really excited about. I love, I love teaching. Like I said, you know, I, I love the classroom and I'll, and there's lots of things I'll miss about it, but I think the opportunity to be a bigger part of the golfer's journal it's just too good to pass up. And, and I've always wanted to be, you know, on the masthead, you know, working at a publication, putting something together, 
you know, four times a year being a part of that is, is, you know, I, you can't beat that. And, and, and I would, I would regret it massively if, if I passed on that opportunity because the golf, we're, you know, the golfer's journal is just going in really exciting directions. It's going and it's, it's, and to be sort of at the, on the ground floor of that, um, to where it's, I was on the ground floor to see where it's already gone, you know, as a writer, but, um, you know, to, to play a bigger part in taking it where it's going to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm psyched about that. And yeah, in terms of my role there and what I can bring to the table, um, editorially, it's kind of fun. I mean, I'll tell you, it's nicer editing yourself or I was editing Travis like last night, you know, one of his (laughs) essays and it's, it's quite a, a different task than editing, um, a freshman essay, uh, in English 101. Um, it's, it's probably easier to edit the freshman essay because it's usually a matter of just straight up grammar and usage, you know? Um, and when you're working with real writers, it's a matter of like, all right, you're trying to edit with a very gentle hand, but, um, and it's something I'm learning. Right. So that's the other big exciting thing about doing going to the golfer's journal in this role is it's, I'm going to be learning a new skill. I mean, I can edit the hell out of stuff for um, grammar and usage because that's what you do in academia. Right. Um, But how to edit writers who are actually making choices with their grammar and usage in creative ways Uh deliberately is a different level of editorial um insight that you need so and i'm gonna learn that you know i'm I'm learning it already and that's that's what's great i I think you know like when i took on the podcast that was a new skill i had to learn and taking on this is a new skill i like learning new stuff i like new challenges and this is one of them i will tell you as a contributor uh to the golfer's journal uh certainly in the past and Currently in the present and hopefully in the future. Um, we'll see. I, we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, got to make the cut every day, man. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm looking forward to working with you in that capacity um, because, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard you talk about working with your students in the past. And, you know, I, I think a, a writer's voice is something that's always in, in development. And, you know, as someone who's certainly on the – I'm hoping still on the front end of my, my journey there. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, just another perspective. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed working with Casey. I love working with Travis and, you know, to have your, you in the um, fold in that role, I think will be, will be really interesting. Um, you know, you get a couple of different sets of eyes and see how someone helps you, you know, refine what you're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm fired up for that. It's cool. It's, I mean, and I think, you know, Casey, myself, Travis, like have different backgrounds, different styles. And, and um, you know, Travis is, uh, you know, uh, a veteran of serious golf journalism and, and publication. And Casey's coming out of J school, which is awesome. You know, he's bringing a lot to the table, things that, um, you know, I'm an MFA. I'm a, I'm, I came out of a fiction writing program and, and teaching a writing program. And so um i love i love what he brings to the table and he he helps me a ton um you know when i have to do interviews and stuff and um you know uh it's just really invaluable and then um and i'll and i'll bring something different to the table too so it's it's a good it's a good mix so you know i personally i've never really seen my work as journalism and i think maybe that's because i think there's some like probably some faux bar that exists you know um you know between my experiences and maybe someone like you know like like a casey and travis and and what they've gone through to maybe kind of earn that distinction i'm not sure if that's real or just imagined in my head but i've always envisioned myself as more as a as a writer and do you do you think there's a important distinction between those things or, or or is it all just different leaves on the same tree it's interesting i think it's all leaves on the same tree but you know especially it's something i thought about i would always think about and would feel too because like all right so i'm in a english department and we have 
faculty who are hired to teach journalism, right? And then there's me over here and I teach creative nonfiction, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? And what's, you know, like that. So I, I understand what you mean by that line. And in journalism classes, they're talking about, you know, they're talking about reporting. They're talking about asking questions, how to treat sources. And um, they're getting into um, a little more of the nuts and bolts of being on the ground and trying to find information, right? Um, I do that, but I didn't, the way I learned to do it was I go and play golf. You know, like, or I yeah. listen, or I carry caddy and listen to guys tell stories. And that's where, you know, so um, my, I'd say my collection of, of data is a different process than someone who with a journalism background or, or degree. And um, I, I know what you're saying, though, about that sort of line of like, where do I fit into this? It, at the end of the day, it's all storytelling. I think that there are different expectations and requirements, perhaps, of like, you know, so of course, these, a course called America, Ireland, Scotland books, I mean, they're not news stories. They're not, um, it's not journalism what I'm doing. Um, I'm writing creative nonfiction, which is what I'm, means I'm using the tools of the fiction writer mm-hmm. to tell true stories, right? And, um, that now, right. So I'm not like every bit of dialogue in this was not recorded on a micro, you know, on yeah. a, you know, so that I could show it to my editor at the paper and say, look, mm-hmm. so-and-so said this a lot of it's because I recalled it, you know? Um, so I think there are differences in expectations when you're, when you're a journalist, you're reporting hard news and you're, and, and you're, and you're creating the historical record in a newspaper and, and um, you know, that demand for accuracy is, is different than what I can do in a book about traveling around America where, you know what, um, you know how I said I was actually in San Francisco in November. Well, that was actually in October because I had to fly to an event. But then I flew back in November to San Francisco. So I just all put it in the November chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. So that line between truth and accuracy, I'm all about truth. Um, if uh, And I'm trying to be as accurate at all times as possible. But when you're writing a book or a story that's meant to entertain, um, the uh, there are things that, you know, there are some techniques that the writer of creative nonfiction uses Um to better the narrative. And that's just, um, you know, I could bore the hell out of your listeners with that debate uh, about <laughs> around creative nonfiction, even as a genre, because it's relatively yeah. young as a right. genre. Um, and it's still, and some of the news people still resent it. So, but hey, you know, um, Hunter Thompson, uh, you know, he's one of the, you know, the huge names, uh, Wolf, um, um Wolf. George Plimpton, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, they're, they, they knew what they were doing. And, and if it was good enough for them, you know, it's good enough for me. The new journalism. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that approach myself. So, yeah. um, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, well, well, well thought out. I can tell you spent a little time noodling that over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, when you teach creative nonfiction and students come in and like, is this journalism class? You're like, what oh, is this? <laughs> You're like, all right, we got to start with what is it? You know, yeah. and, and so that's like two classes worth of chit chat. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, your again, your latest work of creative nonfiction, course called America, uh, about to drop here on May the 25th. Heck yeah. Uh, super exciting. Um, you got a summer's worth of uh, additional travel ahead. I imagine promoting, selling some books, signing a few copies here and there. Kissing babies, doing all that uh-huh. stuff. Signing, yeah. <laughs> signing babies, kissing books. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be bouncing around to golf clubs to do events all over the place. So, um, hey, if anyone wants to have me out to their club um, for a book signing, 
uh, it's been cool. Like people have reached out. Could you come visit? And yeah, all we're asking is, um, you know, if you can pay my travel and, and buy some books, um, I'm happy to, and we can tie it. And if it works, you know, obviously scheduling logistics wise, um, I'm, you know, I'm happy to come and, um, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, we booked a lot of events, um, and, uh, I'll be probably every week I'll be somewhere, but home on the weekends. So that'll be good. There you go. Good to be with the girls and, uh, you know, recounting all those glories. Um, yeah. so are you doing the next book in your head yet? Oh, Jay. Jay. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you I'm off always, without asking that. No, 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 no. I'm always thinking about the next book. So, um, I mean, this book's been done for, uh, a while, a year, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I delivered the first draft a year ago. That's just how publishing works. Um, the editorial process takes some time and, um, well, from, I like to take my time with it. Um, so considering that, yeah, I've been thinking about the next book for a while. So, um, that's just a yes. I won't yeah, that's say a good, that's that. a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I look forward to uh, hearing that answer uh, when it's appropriate and right. proud of you with the new book, man. I think that's just awesome. I can't, I can't wait to dive in and read it. Um, you know, think back to, like I said, I, I, I believe if I memory serves me when we were walking around the, uh, you know, fairways here at Capital City Country Club and, and over at Havana National, Mm-hmm. You were you were literally just getting ready to kind of start leg one of that journey. So excited to see that come full circle and can't wait to turn a few pages myself in there. Yeah, that. Havana is in the book, my man, um, nice. my little Florida swing. So at least it's in the rankings and it's in the course list. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember how much of the event itself is in there, but um, hey, it's there. Hey, well, look, the uh, on behalf of all citizens of um, Florida's friendliest small town. I thank you for the recognition. Uh, our, our, our people will be grateful. <laughs> the mayor spoken like the mayor he is. <laughs> well, like I say, man, really awesome uh, that the book's coming out. I can't wait to dive into it. Um, and just, you know, proud of you, man. It's great. And, and excited for your new role with the golfer's journal. Thank and you. um just, you know, take it easy on my words when you get a chance to look uh, at him, Professor. Wolf, I yeah, uh, I want some some you know tough love, but I'll put uh, a grade on there if you want. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, well, Good we'll stuff. have some stuff uh, brewing up and uh, coming over to your keyboard here shortly. So, looking Good forward day. to diving in there, and uh, I hope you and the family are doing well. And like I said, congrats on everything, and hopefully, uh, our golfing paths will cross on the golf course here real soon. I hope so, my man. Thanks so much, Jay. Really appreciate all the support and uh, good luck with everything. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, buddy. Be good, man. Thanks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.